We choose to go to the moon. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other things, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. And a very good evening, Fastamai, and welcome to Howard Parkin in the studio for a look at the Manx sky at night. And so much more. Howard, what a busy time. Oh, I can't, can't believe it. Fastamai, Judith. Well, we've got enough material for, I would have said, about an hour and a half's oh, programme. Oh, easy, we? easy. Well, let's start straight in, not talking about the bread and butter pudding that we all really, really wish you was sure? here. Positively, positive. Oh, go on, let's then. talk about that comet. Absolutely. Absolutely amazing. I don't know if people have managed to see this comet. Comet Neowise, named after the spacecraft that discovered it, was not really expected. It wasn't discovered until March and it went round the back of the sun, or should I say it went closest to the sun at what we call perihelion on the 3rd of July. It was not expected to survive this. That often happens with comets that go relatively close to the sun. But it did. It has a very compact nucleus, we reckon. And as a result, it's blazed, literally blazed across our Manx skies uh, from roughly about the 6th or 7th of July right through till the present day. It is unfortunately fading quite quickly. But wow, what a sight. It is truly amazing. I even got Mrs. Parkin out of bed at 2 o'clock in the morning, 2.30 in the morning on the 7th of July, I saw this and she heard me shout because I was so impressed with it. I said, what's up, what's up? And she came to see it. It was. It really is magnificent. It's the best comet we've had on the skies in the Isle of Man or even in the Northern Hemisphere, let's be honest, uh, since Hale-Bopp in 1997. And... Um, the beauty of it was, as I say, it wasn't really expected. We were expecting Comet Atlas and Comet Swan to be quite good, faint, but quite good. But this one, easily a naked eye object. Um, not quite what we call a great comet because it didn't stay bright enough for long enough. But it has been spectacular and I'm really overjoyed with it because um, naked eye object just below the plough. For those who are interested, you now need binoculars to find it. But it's not far from the plough. Go to the plough. If you don't know where the plough is, you shouldn't be listening to this programme. <laughs> well, you should be listening because I'll tell he you more about it. He didn't mean that. I know, he... I didn't mean that, of course I didn't. Uh, but go to the plough, look below the plough with your binoculars and just scan below the area of the plough and you'll see this comet with its tail sticking upwards. Um, the tail, of course, is pointing away from where the sun is. So you can work out exactly where the sun is from the comet's tail. And as I say, early July, it was completely... Um, visible with the naked eye. I actually saw it quite spectacularly because I got up um, to look for it and um, there was a big cloud over the northern horizon. I thought, oh, flipping heck, I know where it is, but I just couldn't see it. And all of a sudden, the cloud was moving west to east. The tail came out. And I saw the tail first and I thought, wow. And then, of course, the nucleus of the comet, the bright bit, the, the star, if you like, uh, bit of it. And uh, I was just mesmerised. And I've seen it about six times now. I'm not very good at taking pictures of it, but there's some fantastic pictures on the internet. I showed you one earlier, um, taken at the point of air, and uh, really wonderful pictures. And it's such a, a treat to get a comet. So often in astronomy, we predict these things, like meteor showers or even eclipses sometimes, and it's cloudy or whatever. But this one has blown away all our expectations, and uh, it's just been great to see. Comets always bring something interesting when they happen, good news or bad news. So we reckon this one is the end of the virus and the beginning of the new order. That's our plan or that's our hope that the comet's going to bring to us. You see, all these lovely stories that sometimes you'll, you'll tell me how a star or a constellation is named and there's a lovely romantic story to go with it. There's, there's still a bit of romance at heart, isn't there? Oh, that absolutely. You think it's a sign of something. It, it certainly and, is. And maybe, and maybe it is. Well, I mean, they've, they've often said that. I mean, Halley's Comet is a classic example. It wasn't so good for King Harold, but it was for William. You know, classic example. But 
this just kind of reinforces everything that we say about the excitement of 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 looking at the skies mm, because things that you're expecting can sometimes turn out to be quite different. Yeah. Things like you were saying that you didn't think this one would survive, no, and yet no. it's, it's something. It came around the back of the sun. There was one uh, a couple of years ago, Comet Ison, which was meant to be spectacular in December. Um, a few years ago, 2017, I think, and it didn't. It just petered out. It basically got melted by the sun, uh, which is what happens to comets that go too close to the sun. And this one was expected to do the same, but it didn't. But there's a lovely little bit of science fact about this one. There was once upon a time, there was a spacecraft called WISE, the, the Wide Angle Infrared um, Space Explorer, something like that. And then um, it was sent up in 2009 to look at distant objects, but it was using very, very cold chirogenic gases to keep it cool. It ran out of fuel. They put it into hibernation and changed its mission in 2012 instead of looking into deep space to look at the objects near the Earth. So NEO-WISE is Near Earth Object Wide Angle Infrared Space Explorer. Survey, survey explorer, not space, no. and that's that's the name of it. So it was, it was, it actually had, had finished its mission. It was great. It was a fantastic success. But they realised they could use this, so they put it to sleep. Well, they got the budget together and all the rest, and then it's, it produced this comet. It's found in only in March, and as I say, it's forever going to be known now as the year of the comet, as well as other things, two thousand and twenty. But at least we've got something astronomical that was special this year as well. Yeah, but isn't that clever? That you know these things that you just say as part of a sentence, they they put it to sleep, mm. they repurposed it. Yeah, you know, and so it, it's it? getting incredible value from something yeah. that's out in space yeah, already. Absolutely, and uh, yes, there's a budget. They had to get the budget for it and all the rest. But it has proved itself because it's discovered. Lots of near-Earth objects. This is the, the ob this is one of the spacecraft that's looking for things that might come near the Earth that maybe we need to be aware of and do something about in the future. So it's helping to protect the environment of the Earth from potential space debris. Roughly, when they say near-Earth, how near? I think the official definition is something like 10 times the distance to the Moon. So the moon is a quarter of a million miles away, so I think it's um, it's 25 million, not that far. I can't, I can't do my sums, can I? I think it's two million miles, something like that. That's eight times. Mm. Um, which is a huge distance, but of course, if anything does come that near to us, we need to know about it, because if it's going to hit the Earth's atmosphere, probably burn up, or maybe become like the Chelyabinsk meteor we saw in 2013, which of course did cause some damage. Not major damage, but it broke some windows and flying glass and that sort of stuff. So it's something we need to be aware of. Yeah, but it's it, yeah, as you say, it's a rarity. But it, it's just building up a bigger picture, yeah. an ever-changing picture. A very, Absolutely. Yeah. And talking of pictures, yeah, that was lovely. The the, the picture you showed me mm. of the, the lighthouse at the point, the point of air. But um, one of my favourites, because um, I, I haven't had the opportunity to see it, I'm afraid, in real life, but I have been looking at, at all the, the pictures that have gone up on social media. I yeah. have to say, the one that the gentleman took over, over Stonehenge, he drove yes. for three hours yeah. because he'd, he'd worked out. It, the weather was right and he'd worked out that he could have got Stonehenge and the yeah. comet. And Great pictures. Something Wonderful. very, very, very special. Yeah. So they, they look on the internet. There's lots of them, and as I say, the one in the Isle of Man over the little, the little Nicky light they call it, the one at the top of the point of air. That's the one that James Brew took. So, uh, gold credit to James for that, and, and indeed all the other fantastic pictures. Indeed. So yeah. when we resume our meetings, um, we hope now the Astronomical Society is going to be resuming our meetings in September. I'm sure the members' observations will be flooded with pictures of of comet Neowise. Yes, yeah, and well worth it because you know it, it is a one-off, isn't Very it? Very much so. Yeah. It's not round for another six thousand years. So uh, we're not going to see it again. 
Possibly not. Maybe not. Possibly not. <laughs> Just going back to the, the Astronomical Society, is that definite that you're going yes, to be resuming? Yes, we have made a decision now that we'll resume our meeting. Unless there's a an incident which obviously causes lockdown or something else, but we're intending to resume our monthly meetings on the first Thursday in uh, September. Yeah. So n- new new members welcome? Of course, yes. Always new members, always welcome, and uh, they can come along and uh, just pay a small fee. I think it's £3 from memory, um, and see what we're doing and uh, see if you want to join us. And uh, I say lots to talk about. Where do you meet, Howard? At the observatory in Foxdale. At the observatory, and so it's on the... At 8 o'clock, on the first Thursday of September. Just come along. Bring, bring a few pounds with you and you'll bring be made very pounds, welcome. Absolutely. Right. And just for the record, the date will be the, I'm looking frantically at my calendar here, the 3rd, 3rd of September. 3rd of September. Right. OK, well, that's definitely something to put on the calendar because I think when things reopen and restart, people who are interested, you know, it, it's it's a good time to join in. When something's is. up and running, you tend to feel that you might be a little bit out of it or, you know, you feel a little bit awkward. Well, we've, we've found that too. The other organisation I'm involved with, the Manx Retirement Association, and uh, all of our meetings we've had, which we started up again beginning of July, can't believe how many people have been turning up for the different meetings. It's been great. And, of course, we're all meeting each other the first time since this all started. And it's a great social atmosphere. It's a great community involvement. If there's one thing that's come out of this virus, it is the community spirit, which is so mm. great in the Isle of Man. And uh, mm. that's a credit to everybody that's uh, been involved. It is. It is, yes. Um, a, a friend of mine and, and myself, we had a, a notion to have something to eat in a restaurant on Friday night. Um, couldn't find Anywhere wow. with with a, a with availability with a corner for two people, which is good, which <laughs> is lovely. It is. You know, it it, is. It, it, it's lovely to see all the businesses kind of getting going again. So, new members welcome for the Astronomical Society, third of September. Right now, how I wish. No, I, I don't wish. I was going to say how I wish this was television. I don't because um, that would just be frightful for everybody. But <laughs> I do wish everybody. No, not you. I wish everyone could see your very splendid and very topical. T- T-shirt, which says on it, "Journey to Mars," and um, is this is this a dream that you'd like to or, or no? It's a tribute to the fact that Mars is so much in the news at the moment. And yeah. the other morning, looking for the comet Neowise, there was Jupiter, Saturn, Mars, and Venus all in the sky, and the Moon, and noctilucent clouds, and the comet. It was just a fantastic morning. And Mars, of course, I mentioned Mars uh, because Mars is very bright in the eastern sky around midnight now, coming to what we call opposition in October. But every two years, Mars comes round to its relatively close to us. Um, about 34 million miles this time round, <coughs> excuse me, which is it's as close um, as we can get, more or less. Uh, but of course, there are three missions on the way to Mars, two missions on the way to Mars at the moment. And this Thursday, you heard it first on Manx Radio's folk. Remember, this Thursday, it's going to be all over the news because NASA are launching their latest spacecraft to Mars. The Perseverance spacecraft is launching. We think it'll be about 10 to 1 in the afternoon uh, is the the time the launch is scheduled for, but it may get pushed back a day or two. That's not a problem. But already this month, so far, we've had the United Arab Emirates have launched their spacecraft to Mars, the, um, the HOPE mission, which is to celebrate 50 years of the establishment of the UAE. And very appropriately, one of the lead scientists of that is a lady. And this is something which we're, we're more and more aware of and delighted to have it, that the, the women scientists have as much a part to play as the male scientists. And the Emirates are proving that, which from an Arab nation is, is great to do that. The other one which has been a bit of a disappointment because there's been no publicity for it at all practically is the Chinese have launched a mission last Thursday, only a couple of days ago. They launched their mission, Tianwen-1, and that is almost as big as NASA's mission. Um, It's a huge mission. It's It's an orbiter, it's a lander and it's a rover. 
Um, but I think with the political situation at the moment, China and the rest of the world aren't speaking to one another. So the, uh, the, it hasn't been broadcast as much, but it is a huge mission and one that we need to watch very closely. And then, of course, you've got NASA launching, as I say, on Thursday, their Perseverance. This is the one, this sister spacecraft to Curiosity, which landed in 2013. And some uh, listeners may recall the nine minutes of terror that NASA actually came out as a video to say how difficult it is to land on Mars, the way they're going to do it. And it landed. Fantastic success, still working to this day and um, sending back fantastic results. Well, this is a similar spacecraft, um, ob obviously more up-to-date uh, equipment and everything else. And its primary mission is to look for life on Mars, to look for um, primitive ancient life that will have evolved on Mars, we believe, sometime in the long distant past. Then we believe that the atmospheric conditions, uh, the, the uh, geology of Mars, etc. changed and that led to these life forms dying out and that's what we're looking for to see if life can exist anywhere else or could have existed elsewhere in our solar system which is a huge question and that's what um perseverance is going to do it's even got a helicopter on board judith really? it's got a little helicopter called ingenuity they've named it and this thing is going to take off from the deck of the rover and scout ahead to see where it should go to look for um, riverbed deposits and fossils or whatever and then it'll land and then recharge its battery and off it goes again it's just Incredible. So, so that'll be kind of surveying the terrain. Yeah. And then and then the The rover will trundle along after it. Come trund and and yeah. start start digging around, taking yeah. pictures, taking Oh it'll, it'll be fantastic. Next February, I mean we'll we've got our shows between now and next February. But next February all three spacecraft will arrive at Mars at roughly the same time. It takes seven months to get to Mars. Uh, that's the way you've got to do it to get there slow enough to slow it down. Uh, there are various ways we do it, and maybe we'll talk about that in a future program. And um, but once they get there, all three of them eventually will do their the bit and hopefully um, the UAE one will get into orbit and that the Chinese and the Americans will land successfully. Interestingly, the Americans are going straight in. They're going straight into a landing. Uh, they're not going into Martian orbit, but the Chinese are going to go into orbit and then take their time to pick their landing spot and then land some weeks later. So we'll have the UAE getting there into orbit, then we'll have the Americans getting there with their Perseverance, and then the Chinese will follow with their landing of their rover, hopefully, um, sometime probably in March or even early April. Fantastic well, stuff. It is. Which is the most difficult, orbiting landing. and then landing or going straight in? It's a mixture of both. I mean, getting into orbit is bad enough. I mean, the first few missions, people don't realise it. People talk about going to Mars now as if it's an easy thing to do. You know, there have been, I just did a talk the other day, actually, in the prison the other day. I actually went to prison on Friday, but they didn't keep me in. And I was telling them, there have been 52 missions to Mars since the space age began. 25 have been successful. 37 have been failures. So we're only about half, and only a couple of years ago, the European Space Agency and um, the ExoMars probe uh, failed to land. It, it failed. They know why it didn't land. They, they analysed the data and know exactly what happened. Uh, and their mission to Mars, there should have been four missions this year to Mars, um, but the European one was delayed because of the COVID virus. Um, they decided to delay it because they couldn't get together and get everyone together to um program everything so they've delayed that till 2022 and already the chap the japanese and the indians are planning to launch in 2022 as well so mars is getting busy is like i say they're going to have to put traffic lights in i think so but maybe the... a bus lane no we won't get controversial <laughs> there's only one possible piece of music in, we can play indeed there, there is isn't there and here it is it's a god-awful small affair to the girl with the mousy hair But her mummy is yelling no And her daddy has told her to go 
But her friend is nowhere to be seen Now she walks through her sunken dream To the seat with the clearest view And she's hooked to the silver screen But the film is a sad thing for For she's lived it ten times or more She could spit in the eyes of fools As they ask her to focus on sailors Fighting in the dance hall Is their life on Mars? Yes. David Bowie. When we it was. will know. We it will was. know. We will know in February, won't we, Howard? Well, maybe not February, but certainly we hope sometime soon after. March. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Let's hope. Right, you are listening to the Manx Sky at Night here on Manx Radio. Howard Parkin in the studio looking at, well, now we're going to be looking at the Manx Sky. We've been looking at something a bit further afield, talking there about that wonderful comet and also about the expeditions to find out if there's life on Mars. And if you have just joined us and you would like to hear all of that that Howard was talking about, this programme is available as a podcast. It'll be available in the morning for you to listen. Go to manxradio.com and you'll find the podcast there for you to listen at leisure or recommend to a friend. Right, Persid Meteor Showers. Yes, it's uncanny really. Normally in in August I would have started with this because this is another big story because this is probably one of the best meteor showers of the year. But I'm afraid Neowise and Mars, um, 
pushed it into third place, I'm afraid. But this is probably the best, one of the best meteor showers we get of the year. I always talk about meteor showers when we come up on a, a regular monthly basis. And then there are various showers that take place throughout the year. But the Persids in August and the Geminids in December are by far the best meteor showers we get to see. This particular shower peaks on the 12th stroke 13th of August. You can catch a few meters before and after those dates. Um, but the Persids has what we call a zenith hourly rate, which is if the radiant point where the meters come from is overhead, uh, you get 60 or 1 one a second every basically and sometimes we do have that I remember a few years ago being all excited here in the studio telling you about the viewing of the meteors uh, we had a beautiful clear night it was a moonless night and I saw about 40 in about half an hour it was amazing and you just go outside in your back garden with your sun lounger and just sit there and look up towards the eastern sky you don't need to know where Perseus is which is the radiant point of these meteors but you need to look towards the eastern horizon because they will all come from this point pretty low down in the east so that does affect the viewing um, and the later you look the better after midnight is always best now this year the moon is afraid interfering a bit we've got a full moon on the 13th i think it is um yes the full moon is on the 13th which is um, going to interfere with us from around midnight onwards the meet the moon rises in the east and the constellations in the northeast but the meteors are usually bright enough that even the full moon um you'll still see them so well worth a look for, well worth getting up for. I think Comet Neowise will out have gone, but certainly will have faded completely on the northern horizon. I never mentioned that before, by the way, the northern horizon where you find Neowise. But the eastern horizon or thereabouts is where you need to look for the meteors. And if we get a lovely evening, what can be better than watching the full moon coming up and watching some meteors in the sky at the same time? Great photo opportunity for those of you with the cameras that can do it. And uh, never disappoints. I've, always, I've made this prediction... Since I've been doing these programs on Manx Radio, if you get a clear night uh, at the peak of the Perseid meteor shower and stay outside for about half an hour, you will see at least one. And never failed me yet. We've always managed to see them. So I, I make that prediction again. What I can't do anything about, of course, is the weather. And I'm afraid since... Um, well, TT week, really. We didn't have a TT week, I know. But since the host pipe ban, the weather has just gone disastrous hasn't it uh, we have had the odd spot of clear weather now and then but um he's supposed band now of course has finished long ago i'm <laughs> not surprised but um we can't predict the weather but look each side of the 12 maybe start from about the 9th or 10th and give it a, a view for a few nights because uh, it's well worth looking for and these meteors we were talking about the near wise comet of course near earth objects well meteors are near earth objects they get so near they actually come into the earth's atmosphere and burn up that's what you're looking at you're looking at little rocks Little bits of space dust, if you like. Uh, meteoroids is what they are. Meteoroids, when they impact the Earth's atmosphere, they come, become a meteor. And if they're big enough to survive the re-entry and everything else and land, they become a meteorite. But don't worry, the Persids are just the dust grains left over from a comet, Comet Temple Tuttle from many, many years ago, just like Neowise. But this one is now long gone. But what it has left behind it is this trail of dust, which we have... Um, we pass through every year on our passage around the sun and gives us this wonderful display of meteors. But, you know, even when it looks <coughs> like it <coughs> isn't a good night for, for stargazing, it's worth not giving up because the clouds mm. can change, as you as you proved yourself. Yeah. You know, you thought, oh, it's yeah. not going to be suitable. Well, last night, last night, uh, some of the society members were going to have a, meet, a comet watch and it was cancelled because of the weather. 
And yet at midnight, the sky was brilliantly clear and I saw Neowise to myself. And incidentally, we haven't mentioned the planets, but we've got so many, all the planets are visible at the moment in our sky. We haven't got time to talk about the planets, but you've actually got Jupiter and Saturn very close to each other in the south. Jupiter is much brighter than Saturn, but Saturn isn't far from it. Then rising in the east, we've got Mars. And if you wait till dawn, you've got Venus coming up as well. And if you really look hard, you can see Mercury. So it's all go at the moment, and um, I just, I'm incredible that we've got all this in August, which is a time of the year when normally all I'd be talking to you about now will be Noctilucent clouds and maybe the planets. Well, this is extraordinary because yeah, we just before we started the programme, you said, oh, this is normally the month when there isn't mm. a lot to talk about yeah. and nothing could be further Absolutely. from the truth because we're, we're trying to get it as much of it mentioned as, yeah. as possible in the time that we've got. And also, uh, we need to be talking about the International Space Station, yeah, I mean, don't just, we? Yeah, just to add to it, I was watching the other night, and I don't always look for the ISS now. I'm ashamed to say, I've seen it that often now. It's great to see. But I was looking outside the other night, and there's the space station going overhead. And, of course, the space station has got on board uh, Bob Benkin and Doug Hurley, the two astronauts who went up on the SpaceX capsule in June, and they're coming back next Saturday. Uh, they're coming back with the SpaceX capsule, um, the first a landing of men on board the SpaceX Dragon. They're coming back to Earth on the 1st of August and uh, hopefully that'll be successful. And then they're going to start proper operations of SpaceX going up, four astronauts going in September and we'll no doubt be talking about it at the end of August. So it's, it's all go, I tell you. It, but it's it's weird, really, isn't it? Because we're talking about, the more we talk about it, the more it kind of becomes a commonplace. Mm. And yet, when you look in the sky and you see the space station, oh, yeah. it's very, very hard to believe that there's people living Actually, on that. And, and what I thought was extraordinary, I don't know whether it was something we talked about or something that I heard on the media, because I, I do pay much more attention. Since we've been doing this, <laughs> I pay much it. <laughs> more attention to space stories. And um, it was it was somebody who'd been in space and he was talking about sleeping, being able to have mm. a sleep. Having a, and I'm thinking, how could how could you be in how could you be in a space capsule and sleep? It would you they have a they have a little you, compartment with us and they have a sleeping bag on to keep their arms in because otherwise I believe your arms float up because you're weightless. So they have to strap their arms literally in the sleeping bags. And they, they're they not upright because there's no there's no gravity. So I believe that once you get used to it, talking to Nicole Stott about this, and once you get used to it, the first few nights you don't, but you sleep wonderfully. But I believe, this is a little bit of useless information for you, I believe you get cosmic rays zipping through your brain. All of a sudden you get these flashing lights flipping through your brain as you're asleep or as you're falling asleep. And of course you're not protected by the Earth's um, radiation belts. So these cosmic particles whipping through your brain, fundamental particles, all that sort of stuff, um, which was a bit disconcerting, but it happens. Uh, it's one of the features they get of uh, being in orbit. Do they spend a lot of time testing astronauts when they've oh, been yes. in space? Oh, yeah. One of the can... strange things they're discovering is there's an effect on the optic nerve and the, the, the sight is a problem. Remember the two twins? One stayed on Earth and the other one, Scott Kelly, went up into space. And what they did, they did a very good survey of the two of them. They, they had one on the ground, one in space. And then they did a lot of detailed analysis and testing of the, the two of them to see how they compared. And um, fascinating results. And that was from a year in space. Scott Kelly went into space for a year. Uh, with a Russian, the two of them did, just under the year, actually. And fascinating stuff to hear about. Yeah. But that's a long time to be in it a is. completely different atmosphere, oh, isn't totally. it? Oh, totally. And coming back to Earth, of course, all of a sudden you've got the gravity to contend with. That must be a... Strange. I know um, Nicole, again, when Nicole came back, they had special physiotherapists. They had to do all sorts of work. And you know they have to exercise on board the ISS. We complain about going for a walk to the shops or cycling up to Douglas Head or whatever. But I think they have to do at least two hours on a resistance machine, an exercise bike or a running machine up in orbit to make sure their muscles don't waste too much. 
Fascinating. It is. And, and by the way, that was just a little, little hint that, that super fit Mr. Howard Park <laughs> cycled up, cycled up the Oops. hill. Ah, uh, but I have to confess, I have a motor on my bike. It is yeah, it's still, bike. it's still a steep <clears throat> hill. It's still, I saw you flying up there. <laughs> I don't know about flying. You, well, you're just keeping your fitness programme up, aren't you? Absolutely. Ready for your moon trip. Absolutely. Now, Howard Parkin, always a joy to talk to you. My Thank pleasure. you for joining us for this month's edition of the Manx Sky at Night. We'll see you on the final Sunday night in the month of August. We certainly will. Thank you very much. Good night. Manx Ray.